and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one fighting page of Talmud every day. Now, if you are listening to this podcast, you may be Jewish, and if so, it may not surprise you that sometimes, often, well, always, Jews like to fight, especially with each other, especially over things that sometimes could seem super trivial. And in today's page, Sukkah 43, well, the Talmud jumps right in. Have a listen. One time, the seventh day of the willow branch occurred on Shabbat, and they brought branches of the willow tree on Shabbat Eve before Shabbat and placed them in the temple courtyard for use on Shabbat. The Bethusians in the temple, who disagreed with the sages and held that there is no mitzvah of the willow branch on the seventh day of the festival, noticed them and took them and concealed them under the stones. This was an attempt to prevent fulfillment of the mitzvah, as they knew that the sages would prohibit moving the stones, which are set aside on Shabbat. The next day, some of the ignoramuses noticed the branches concealed under the stones. And since the ignoramuses identified with the opinion of the sages and at the same time were ignorant of the details of the mitzvot, they extracted them from under the stones. And the priests brought them and stood them upright at the sides of the altar. This happened because the Bethusians do not concede that waving the willow branch overrides the Shabbat. Even if you don't follow the particular details of this halachic conundrum or debate, you see here so much spite, so much malice, so much infighting. If you've visited the shul even for one day in the last 20 years, you've maybe tasted a little bit of this wonderful, cantankerous energy. And here to help us sort this out is one of our greatest historians, scholars, the incoming president of Graz College, the great Zev Elif. Welcome, my friend. Yeah, thank you so much. You're uh, overly kind. I am not at all, but tell us, this is a perfect setup now that you're infused with loving kindness. Tell us, why so much infighting in synagogues and in Jewish institutional spaces? Why do we like to fight each other? So some folks will tell you that has to do with denominational politics, movement politics. One group is they're Zionist, the others they're anti-Zionist or non-Zionist, reform, orthodox, conservative, reconstructionist. I don't think so. I think it has to do with authority. Synagogues are the site of communal gathering, of worship, and they're also being powered by religious elites, religious authorities. But at the same time, they're being funded by lay trustees. And you see this in in every religion. No faith is inoculated with some sort of shield from fighting within their religious spaces. And it's absolutely the case throughout history, and maybe because in the United States, you never had a sanctioned chief rabbinate. In Europe, you had the Oberrabbiner. You had somebody who was appointed by the state. So he, in all cases, he had the backing of the state for his authority. But what I study, American Judaism, you didn't have any such thing. So there's a book to be written about the synagogue breakaway, a history of all the times that people moved away from one another and built a a second or a third congregation, right? This is the idea that, uh, you know, they find the Jew stranded on the deserted island. Helicopter comes up and says, what is that building? He says, oh, that's my synagogue. And what about the other building? I don't pray there any longer. And probably the most exciting of all cases takes place in 1850. A young rabbi, Isaac Mayer Wise, he had been in the United States for only a couple of years. He's in Albany. 
And he has just come back from a very polemical trip, which actually was a clandestine tryout for a congregation, Beth Elohim, in Charleston, South Carolina, which is, at the time, depending on your numbers, either the first or the second largest community, Jewish community, that is, in the United States. And in order to prove his worth as a proto-reformer, he debates one of the leading lights within the traditional the Orthodox world, Morris Raphael, in Charleston. And word gets back to the president of his congregation, Bethel, in Albany, New York, that Wise has not behaved himself. He's come out with some, in his view, heretical views, and he is promptly fired by the board of trustees. But he's a very popular person, and just because the board fired him doesn't mean he doesn't have any friends. So he's not sitting at his seat on Rosh Hashanah on the High Holy Day. Uh, he's sitting in the pews with the rest of the common folk. There is no rabbi sitting there except for Spanier. Louis Spanier is the president of the Parnas of the congregation. So he's sitting up front. And as a uh, show of goodwill from some of his loyalists, Wise is given the honor of Petitha of opening up the Ark to bring out the, the Torah scrolls for the reading for Rosh Hashanah. Wow. He marches up there. And Spanier, though, intercepts him before he can reach the Ark, and he punches Wise in the face. <laughs> Wise, not a very big man, punches him right back. And the Albany newspapers report, in their own words, a melee in Bethel and Albany in 1850, at which time, by the end of it, Wise is handcuffed and taken to prison. What happens afterward, they kept two days of Rosh Hashanah. They prayed the second day in Wise's own home, and that was the beginning of the second breakaway synagogue, or maybe the third, in American Jewish history. Eventually, ironically, the two coalesce again, Anche Emmet and Beth El, much later after Wise leaves. But that is an example of rabbinic authority being challenged, not necessarily about religious lines, but who is allowed to make decisions in a congregation? Is it the trustee or is it the religious functionary or leader? So you're basically saying that that we've actually gone downhill. We used to have those spats in style with actual fisticuffs, and now we've just you know deteriorated into shouting at one another in committee rooms. Yes, I, I assume that with the litigiousness of American society, we realize uh, that we can sue one another, and that's what happens. Uh, there are court cases. For example, in Bene Gesserin, which is now on the Upper West Side, about its move. And again, it's it's scaffolded by religious talk, religious discussion, oftentimes removing the machitza, the divider between where men and women traditionally sit separate in a congregation. But it's really about who gets to make those decisions. That's what's undergirding it all. There are court cases and affidavits supported by rabbis and lay leaders, and there are three in the 1950s, fast-forwarding a bit, three state-level Supreme Court cases and in Michigan and Louisiana and Ohio. But all of that is about who gets to control, who gets to make decisions. Usually, the best congregations are the ones in which you have shared governance. But that's a very hard thing. There's always a tension about it. Fascinating. Zev Elif, thank you so much for this incredible historical lesson. And may we never again resort to uh, punching each other in the face on Rosh Hashanah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. 
If you enjoyed this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon.